the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Fantastic Friday. Let's have some fun. I love having fun. I really do. Isn't until I open up my news outlets and I see that we've got not just incompetent buffoons, but bald-faced frauds. And what I find fun is to point that out to their smarmy, Botox-injected, hair-plugged faces. I love that. I mean, I truly enjoy it. So we're going to have a little fun today. Because there's more economic news that is obvious for anyone with an IQ over 60 or never voted for a Democrat and can pass an Econ 101 class. Oh, but there is. See, here's how this works. When the government prints up a bunch of money and then spends it, even though it's spending it to the benefactors who have contributed to the political whore campaigns, that money has a tendency to drive up costs massively. Massively. In fact, it's so obvious. Did you know that in 2000 or in uh, 1913, an organization was created at the same time income tax was that was supposed to work vehemently hard against it? Oh, it was. Didn't work so good. Federal Reserve never really worked the way it was supposed to. In fact, what it did is corrupt the entire monetary system into one place, one little place where the very political whores could appoint. The corrupt bankers, the banksters, like gangsters, only they're bankers. They're, they, they don't have the courage to wear a zoot suit, so they part their hair to the side, even when they're women, and they put on a suit that they fill out rather plumply, and they have managed to destroy the strongest currency on the planet before cyber currency. They've managed to corrupt it, and they continue to tell lie after lie after lie. We're going to get to those lies. And then we're going to get to the actual consumer price index, which, by the way, that number has been so cooked. It's amazing. It's amazing that they were still it still somehow shows a six point eight percent, which if you're living in the real world and you factor in your housing costs and your health care costs and all of the other increases due to corrupt government, it's in the double digits. And I'm guessing not the teens anymore, but we uh, we have uh, a government that likes to strip down numbers to where it's palatable to tolerate the kind of failure you're hearing from dimwits. But here's the number that came out this morning. 
Here's the money ball numbers year over year. Year over year up 6.8, up 6.8. And this, of course, is a new record. That is the highest level since June of 1982, 1982. And if we look at X food and energy year over year, it's up 4.9. And that also is a high watermark. That is the highest level since June of 1991. We'll call it 30 years. Now, that's Rick Santelli. I actually knew Rick Santelli when I was on the floor. I liked him very much. Uh, wonderful guy. He has a hard time telling a lie, which he doesn't do. So I like to go to him for my economic numbers. But I would have started off the report with this. In the first two months, in particular this last month, because the government cooks the fiscal year, it starts in October, because God forbid it actually worked to a calendar year the way your and my income works and, and, I, and our budgets. They have to fraud it at every chance. So they try to cut it off early and start it early so you don't realize just how devastatingly stupid our government actually is. But here's something that they don't want you to know. Last month, in one month, the government set a brand new record. $565 billion, $135 million dollars in federal tax collection. That is a brand new record. And if you look at the income tax number, that too is a brand new record. Yet, you wouldn't believe it. They collected massive amounts, $565,135,000,000 in taxes from the citizenry. Yet somehow they managed to spend $921,526,000,000. And that is why you have inflation. And they cannot stop it, and they don't know how to. All they can do is turn to the corrupt central banking system, i.e. the Fed, to continue to pass more and more and more bills. Because it is a Ponzi scheme. Now, it can stop, but not without the will of the people. The people must demand that they're fraudsters. Stop with the lies and the scams and the fraud. But instead, what do the people of America do? They put in somebody who is so incapable that this this is no joke anymore. This man does not know if it's Tuesday or July. It is an outright shame. And now he's going to talk economics. A man who has been working for the government and has not bought gas in half a century is going to tell you why inflation is high. The downside is prices have gone up because of supply chain concerns. We've worked as hard on the supply chain concerns. I think you're going to see you've already. You know how he worked hard? He's fining boats that are in harbor. He's fining companies that do not throw their empty containers and pay double to ship them back. He's not helped anything. In fact, what the Biden administration has done is what it has always done. Since the day this buffoon, this pay-to-play Democrat union shill scumbag reared his ugly head, he's made it worse. You've begun to see, and you're going to see over the next couple months, oil prices, gas prices of a gas pump come down. You know, the biggest, one, 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 a third of the increase in inflation is used automobiles. What? A third is used automobiles? Now, you know, if you were dumb enough or you know someone dumb enough to vote for this idiot, they're probably nodding their head. But that is an absolute and total lie. Everything has gone up, mainly where the government has its hand in the heaviest. 
That's what's gone up drastically. And you're not even counting housing and health care costs. Um, so, I mean, it is a real problem. But the point is, that has to do with supply chain as well. But it also has to do with the fact that not everybody's looking for a used automobile. But those who are, they're paying higher prices because there's fewer of them. See, so it's just the people who are trying to buy a used car. If those idiots would stop buying used cars, this would be great. In fact, it would be like a year ago. It really would. You'd be paying under $2 a gallon for gas. The dollar would be very good. In fact, real estate would be reasonable. None of this would have happened. It's always because of those used car scumbags. Now, where I agree with him is I believe his father was a used car scumbag. So maybe, maybe if we could have put that son of a gun in jail before he fathered this professional liar, maybe things would have been better. Because of COVID and what was sold out and the like. So I think it's, uh, it really is, it's a real bump in the road. Real it bump. does affect families. When you walk in the grocery store and you're paying more for whatever you're purchasing, it matters. It matters to people. When you're paying more for gas, although in some states we've got the price down below three bucks a gallon. But the point Why? is, it's not gone down quickly enough. But I think it will. Well, he thinks it will. Does he tell you why? why? Let me ask you, Joe. Why do you think it will? Well, it's not going to increase inflation. It'll diminish inflation. It has a negative impact on inflation. Not a, well, it doesn't raise inflation. But that's hard for people to think about right now uh-huh. because inflation is up and there's a direct correlation in most people's mind. Well, why is inflation? Well, government spending money. Most people's mind? No, no, no. It's in history, stupid. It's happened every single time, moron. That, you know, it, it, it's no wonder that he only graduated, what was he, fourth off the bottom of his class? That was law. Thank God this imbecile didn't go into economics. They would have thrown him out, and the world would have been a better place. But instead, here we are. And the reason that you have this problem is because these are the kind of people that are making the decisions, and by the way, they're deceiving the bill. The CBO today released that there has been trickery. They are using their expansion and creation of numerous, numerous projects billions of dollars worth of funding, and they are only putting it in for a year. If you were to spread that out over the decade, which is normally done with these kind of bills and the way the CBO rates them and grades them, this bill will cost $5.6 trillion trillion. Well, that's not the reason for the inflation. No. The reason for the inflation is that we have a supply chain problem that is really severe and is causing a significant increase in prices. So the new attitude for me is pass it, I dare you. That's going to be the new chant. Pass the bill, I dare you. Because you will turn us into Venezuela faster than this guy can say, where's my diapy? That's exactly what's going to happen if this should pass. And when asked, question after question after question, if it's not this particular liar, it's another liar constantly telling you the ridiculous lie. Um, Moments ago, you were pretty definitive when you said that President Biden would only support extending these programs if they were paid for, period. Does that necessarily mean that sometime in the future, President Biden would be prepared to raise taxes? I think President Biden's been pretty clear about his uh, protection of keeping taxes low for the middle class and lowering them. How do you think that we set a record with tax collection? See, the reason they don't mind inflation is because their VAT tax that they try to pretend is not there is based on a percentage. When what you're buying costs more, the federal government makes more. 
They're not fighting inflation because they don't view it as their enemy. It is their friend. And the last thing they can afford is for the people that put this dimwit and diapers in to start to think about actual fact and reality. Because if they can't lie about it in real time, people may actually do what they should do and demand that this stupid son of a dog is impeached tonight. 312-642-5600. Let's get Kamala in there. At least she knows how to keep somebody happy while she's there. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. Are you tired of looking at your old, outdated kitchen cabinets? You know, cabinets make the kitchen, but who can afford tens of thousands of dollars for a complete kitchen remodel? Well, here's what you do. Call Crumweedy. Redo cabinets by Crumweedy Home Pros in as little as three days. With as little as $125 a month with no payments and no interest for 18 months, you can transform your kitchen. Get it done before the holidays. Kitchen cabinet refacing is the economical way to update your kitchen quickly and Nobody does it better than the guys you trust at Crumweedy Home Pros. Get the style you want and the colors you want. Transform your kitchen quickly. Kitchen cabinet refacing by Crumweedy Home Pros. As little as $125 a month with no interest and no payments for 18 months. They can also help you update other parts of your kitchen too. Call Crumweedy. And ask about getting an additional $500 off your job by mentioning this ad. Remember, kitchenisneedy.com. Kitchenisneedy.com. 630-595-8020 for a free consultation. Always the children pay the highest cost for political corruption, for devastation of decisions, for adult scandals and fraud and tyranny and abuse. The children of Haiti represent that the best. Sure, the country has been devastated with natural disasters. But the major disaster is that they have a corrupted system where gangs run wild, imprison the weak the helpless, number one, the children. That's why I'm very proud when we partner with Food for the Poor. It is the largest non-governmental organization. They're providing sustenance for children. To date, they have provided over 207 million meals to hungry children and their families. Over the last 39 years, hey, that's when inflation was setting a record. That's when they went into business. They have provided more than $17 billion in aid. Food for the Poor has shipped over 128 containers filled with emergency relief supplies to Haiti. But food for the poor still needs your help. For just a gift of $37, you can feed one child for six months. For a gift, $185, you can feed five children for those same six months. I uh, kind of hoisted myself here. Their original goal was 5000 I upped it because I want to beat Dan Proft. I'm pretty sure I can, to 6000 And that's where we're heading. To make a gift of any amount, simply call 844-862-4673. You can also visit 560theanswer.com slash food for the poor. If you own a business, run a business, make a very good decision. Number one, for just a gift of $2,500, which is tax deductible until these rats change the laws and you're paying taxes on everything. But for now, it's tax deductible. AM560 will give you 40 one-minute commercials to air right here, Monday through Friday, 5 in the morning, when Dan Prof show is, all the way to 8 p.m. when my show ends. This is the best deal in Chicago radio, bar none. You're going to feel great about yourself. You're going to make a wonderful decision. By the way, 65 children you will be feeding for six months. To become a business benefactor, simply call one of my favorite people, Ann Jeanette, 847-472-8951. Tell her I sent you, and then I'll talk about your business. We'll be back after this. 
Yeah, see, now I had fun doing that. It was fun. I see you, buffoon. Not only can't you function as a man, you're screwing up my country. You and the rest of your Marxist mafia are playing an inside game where you're funding yourselves. And then as we pay the cost, you're telling me it's good for me? And all you need is just a little more spending power. The whole time you're raking in more taxes than you've ever made in your life before you raise them. I see what you're doing, old man and cohorts, and I will not let you get away with it. John Garfield Ridge. Hi, John. Yes, how are you doing? Yeah, how are you doing, Sean? Good. How are you, buddy? I'm doing fine. You know, first-time listener, and I apologize because... Uh, I'm uh, rather impressed with your show. You know, oh. I've been uh, sitting here laughing for the last 20 minutes now, and it's uh, yeah, you're amazing. Oh, John, I love Thank you very much. Now, now I've never paid you off, and you've never gotten a handful of cigars from me. Is that correct? Uh, not yet. I'm looking in the mail, but I'll check tomorrow. See, that's how I know I only attract capitalists. <laughs> I like the way you think, kid. I like the cut of your jib. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you taking time to call. Thank you very much. It is a different show. It's a different show because... It's not about making one party member happy or telling you talking points from a political party. It's about exposing the fraud and demanding it stops. We have, we, we have to call for this man's impeachment. It is preposterous and ridiculous what we've allowed this feeble fascist to do to us. Together, we can find that unity again. And the message said, end of message. That means you're supposed to stop reading, stupid. Now, if you can't read a simple cue card, what the hell makes you think you can fix an economy or even should be in control of it? You should be waiting for rice pudding and Nurse Cratchit to tell you, pretty soon it's time for Wapner. Wapner, pretty soon. Tom and Dyer. Hi, Tom. Tom Tony? Hello. Oh, Tony, Tony, I'm sorry. Tony, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going, Sean? Very good. How are you, buddy? Good, good. Hey, uh, first off, I'd like to say I'm glad uh, WLS has become a little bit woke and, uh, you know, uh, recognizing the Siberian Orchestra as being trans. I didn't, uh, I, mean, I don't listen to it, brother. You know, when you, I really don't, I haven't <laughs> in years. I mean, what do they have there? I got, I, they, they got nothing that attracts me. But go ahead. No, but, uh, no, but, um, you know, I, I, I recommend everybody, you know, watch C-SPAN every now and then. To see see how crazy these people are, they're they're nuts. I was watching last night. These people, Nancy Pelosi, looks like she's going to die soon. I don't think we're going to have to worry about her Wonderful. much longer. You should have saw her in the eighties, though. Let me tell you something. In the eighties, <laughs> Nancy could really bring the house down. But go ahead. No, and then you know, and Jerry Nadler, he looked like half a face. His no, whole he, forehead smooth, yeah. and then the rest of his face is is wrinkly. These people. Did you ever are, see the original weird. Batman when Danny DeVito played Cobblepot? That's what it looks like. Yeah. But go yeah. Ahead. These people are nuts, man. I yeah. don't know. And, and, and here's the scary watching, thing, Tony. Man. They're in control of the damn country. Yeah, I They're know. in control of the country. Exactly. Most of these people have been in office and have never had to go to work, never bought their own gas. They've got expense accounts. They've got packs. They've got all kinds of shenanigans. And in the meantime, we need real men in there and women who understand how not to harm things. Instead, we're going in the exact opposite direction. Now, whether you believe that 81 million live people, illegal aliens or whatever, put this dimwit in diapers in office, it's one thing. But the reality is he's there and he is incapable of performing the job and he needs to be removed from office. He needs to be impeached. He is delusional and dangerous. Thank you, Tony, for the call. I truly appreciate it. But instead, 
This talk is not, it's not state-approved speech, which is why I'm an enemy of the state, and so are you now for listening. Don't worry, we've got 85,000 new IRS agents that are going to do their damnedest to make sure they take every dollar of your wealth and monitor you at every exchange. And that's all in the bill. Oh, it's going to be, we're building back better. Bring back Bolsheviks is what it really means. And these are the real deal Soviets. And at every turn, what do they have in common? The same exact thing. Force and control. But inside schools, there are often uh, you know, very strict rules. Uh, for example, sometimes students are required to eat outside or eat distance from each other, not talk to each other while they're eating. Does the White House want to see those rules lifted as well to get back to a more normal school experience? Well, schools are taking steps, especially since we've only recently approved uh, through the CDC and FDA vaccines for 5 to 11-year-olds. They're not approved for kids younger than that to keep their kids safe and keep students safe. I will tell you, I have a 3-year-old who goes to school, sits outside for snacks and lunch, wears a mask inside, and it's no big deal to him. I'm not because saying you've that's the case for everybody. But these- By the way, who sends their kid to school at 3 years old? Anybody out there send your kid to school at 3 years old? 3 years old? What are you, crazy? That's when you're supposed to be home. That's when the kid is supposed to learn bonding between you and your husband, the siblings. and You turn your kid over to teach him how to put a face diaper on? A slave plate? Boy, you're building willful slaves. After all, that is their plan. Three, one, oh, actually, you know what? I have a guest after commercial, but you're going to love this guest. And then after that, I'll take all your calls after this. I really mean it. I am uh, I'm flattered to be involved with Food for the Poor. What they've done is 207 meals to kids who otherwise would not have had those meals. The people who make up Food for the Poor, the word magnanimous is too small. Todd Chapman, Chapman excuse me, is the Director of Cause and Ministry Development. He's one of those people that fit that description. Magnanimous is just too small. Todd, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Hey there. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can now. Yes. See, I didn't expect okay. you to have good phone service. After all, you work for a charity. Um, so, so, <laughs> I so, pay my own cell phone bill. <laughs> it's all right. So now, um, food for the poor. How, I mean, it's it's astonishing. It, it started 39 years ago, correct? Um, yeah, going to be 40 next year. It's going to be 40 next year. In fact, when you started, inflation was at these record levels again. And yet here you are, 39 years later, still providing a service, still bringing food and sustenance to people who need it. Um, what exactly do you think will be the ramifications of inflation and how it's going to affect your mission? Well, you know, I mean, I think uh, this is a, a challenging time for a lot of people, but uh there's a lot of people, and, you know, we're incredibly blessed at Food for the Poor. We have, uh, you know, several million people that give faithfully every year to support the work that we do in the 17 countries throughout the uh, Latin America, Central America region. And uh, they've given for the you know better part of that 40 years. And, and you know, we don't get government grants, Sean, or anything like right. that. I mean, uh, Food for the Poor, everything we're able to do is on the on the backs and out of the hearts of just everyday people up and down the street that give, you know, $37, $300 here and there. And I, I just have ultimate faith in the, in the hearts of Americans that want to make the world a better place. And, uh, I, hey, look, based on the response we're seeing so far in this campaign, I mean, we've already fed over 2,100 kids uh, thanks to the uh, 
560 The Answer audience on this uh, campaign. So that's pretty amazing. Six months of food for starving kids. I'll I take feel it. like inflation yeah. stopping people right now. Well, that's called the Thompson bump. You'll understand that's because of me. But um, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it does. It, it, first of all, the reason that I, I like the organization is, listen, if it wasn't on the up and up, believe me, brother, I like you, but I'd be calling it out. This is an organization that's been doing the right thing for those 39 years. In fact, you're you're an organization that doesn't do it for any glory other than what the satisfaction it brings you. And the reality is you are directly tied to uh, your belief system, which is why you do this. And uh it's not because you're making money. Obviously, I can imagine you'd like to spend better time than in these third world despotic places around um, South America. But at a certain point, do you are you concerned with the climate of crime and corruption that you're facing on so many fronts? Uh, at a certain point, do you do you think that maybe you need to? work on on, on on securing areas and, and building towns and showing the kids that it's not normal to live under this kind of chaos, failure, and corruption? Well, you know, our ultimate goal of Food for the Poor is uh, to create uh, self-sustaining communities in all the countries uh, that we work in. And, and oh, you know, over 40 years, we've made some really great progress in that regard. I mean, uh, despite the fact that uh, poverty, the poverty clock has kind of been turned back uh, quite a bit during covid uh, we have made great progress. I mean, if you were to go, and I've I've been, you know, really fortunate to see progress in my 10 years traveling with Food for the Poor into these countries several times a year, and I've gone back to communities multiple times, and I've seen the before, I've seen the after. I've been in communities where uh, first time I was there, they're living in dilapidated homes, no clean water, no electricity, no way to provide a living for that community, no, you know, no income sources, and we've helped them, we've helped give them all of those things, and man, you can't, you can't even believe the transformation in these communities uh, when you go back after the fact. A lot of times what these folks need, Sean, they just need the hope that someone sees and can come alongside and help them. They've got plenty of initiative. They've got plenty of drive. They want to be successful. They want to provide for themselves. They just happen to be born into really, really deep poverty. And so I think the the human thing to do is to come alongside people like that and give them a hand up. You know, that's what we always say. It's not a hand out. It's a hand up so that they can be self-sufficient and have a better life. The same thing that we want here in America. And, you know, Todd, that's the benefit of private charities. That's exactly what private charities provide, whereas when government sustenance, it just becomes a crutch that people feel they need constantly. So I love this organization. I also love the fact of the success stories of so many of the people you've helped who have turned out to leave Haiti and yet become wonderful citizens in their new countries and support your very organization. You have a tremendous amount of that as well, don't you? Yeah, and, you know, we, we've got a lot of people that, uh, thanks to the generosity of our donors, Food for the Poor has been able to give them that hand up. And, uh, you know, sometimes they've been able to, in certain instances, come to the United States and get a, a higher education, one that they wouldn't be able to access in these poor countries, and then go back and serve their fellow, fellow countrymen and make their country better. We've got a number of the people that work for us in our Haiti office that that's exactly the case, where they're like, look, I love my country, I love my people, and I need to go back. And, and do everything I can to continue to make my home a better place. And so I, I just, you know, I'm all in on the work that we do. I've been with Food for the Poor over a decade now, and I, I love what we do. I've been so blessed to look in the eyes of, of moms who didn't have a way to feed their kids and uh, be the answer to that problem. I've seen kids 
uh, who otherwise literally wouldn't have survived. But, you know, I've, I've watched them grow and be able to play. And I just really hope that, uh, again, this year, the 560 audience is going to engage with us. And, you know, it's pretty amazing to think that for $37, you can stop a child from starving in Haiti and give them six months of food. So if you're looking for the perfect gift for that person who has everything, <laughs> why don't you uh, make a donation to Food for the Poor in their name and save some kids? I want. I, I love it. I, I mean that. I think what you do is just fantastic. And I've talked to a lot of hedge fund guys. I know a lot, a lot of wealthy guys, but I don't know anybody that's done the kind of impact that you and your organization has done for the for the betterment of kids who have no chance, no opportunity. And I know you don't like to get political, but I love the opportunity that you're showing kids there is a better way of life, that they don't have to just be yeah. subjects to corruption and, and failure and uh, natural disasters, which is also a big problem in that area of the world. So I want to thank you on behalf of all of us for doing it. I love it. And I also love the idea that whether it's real or not, I'm beating Dan Proft. So let's keep our eye on the focus here at AM560. My show raises more money than... His. Help me beat Dan Proft. That's exactly right. I think we should put that on the back of the shirts and sell them for a small profit, give the money back to the food for the poor so that it can provide sustenance for all of these hopeless kids. So thank I you very much for joining me. Large. Yes. Hi, my friend. <laughs> thank you. Todd Chapman, Food for the Poor. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. Let's go to. Now we're going to go. To Teresa on the north side. By the way, Teresa, um, yes. just because I'm taking your call does not yes. mean you cannot call back on Friday features with me. So you're not burning up. And it goes for it's a new rule on Friday. You could call okay, in the show I love it. and then call in for Friday features. But go ahead. I'll do it. Okay. All right. I was going to say that uh, Food for the Poor is an excellent charity. Um, my mom uh, gave to them. And, uh, you know, I would always ask her, you know, because she wasn't, she wasn't um, big on giving to too many charities, but she researched it and she gave to them. And so I picked it up, and um, every month she gave to them, every month I give to them. And it's a wonderful charity to give to, so whatever anyone can afford, even $5 a month, whatever it is, it will help tremendously. So I definitely, yeah. absolutely. You know, Teresa, those are the Go charities ahead. that I love are the ones that yeah. are for the kids. So I love Food for the Poor, yeah. I love St. Jude's. I love all of that because that's, you know, that's your helping the future. Um, I, yeah. don't, I don't give willy-nilly. I had a partner when we were at the Merck, and he was a great guy, and a crackpot, kook of a guy. Yeah. And it was right during the, uh, the, the George Bush War, and we were buying mm -hmm. all that propaganda, and there was a charity out there that said they were going to help veterans. And my buddy gave right. me, he's like, come on, we're going to get, I said, okay, all right. So we get, six months later, he comes back. He goes, do you know that these son of a guns give 10 cents out of every dollar to the veterans? They keep 90 cents in operating expenses. I said, what? Oh, so there are some real oh. scumbags out there to keep an eye out for. Oh, yeah. That's why, you know, oh, this yeah. charity, it's a tremendous amount of money of, of your dollar that goes directly to the kids. I mean, after all, they're bringing food, what, a quarter of the way around the world? Through, through ports and through everything else. I mean, it really is. I'm, I'm very proud of them. And, uh, you know, they're all affiliated. They're all very religious. And they're all affiliated with providing that hope to the kids rather than enriching themselves. These are not guys flying around on Lear jets. So I love it. It's great. But thank you very much, Teresa. And thank you for Welcome, calling Sean. And uh, I look forward to the movie picks. It is Friday Features of Me, the end of the show today. And that's what I like to do before we get to the weekend. Because after all, 
we have to enjoy ourselves a little bit. You can't constantly be inundated with the Democrat Marxist mafia that happens to be in control of the country. I believe we can win. We just have to stay positive, focused, and not watch propaganda on the weekends. I will be back the rest of your calls after this. streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show. Sitting here waiting for the break, reading the news, preparing for the next segment. The statistics are, are unbelievable. These Democrat hellholes around the nation, are, it's, un, it's unimaginable. And you're going through all the news. I, I, and I mean this seriously. What is the point of government? See, government is just people. But it has a purpose. The government in this country is supposed to provide a purpose, and that purpose is really simple. You are to protect us, in some cases from each other. You are to implement the rule of law. We live in a society now that is more interested in controlling the free man, in taking his money, and in giving it to the sloth. Giving it to the criminal. And now we have a legal system. A legal, the entire legal system is now about protecting predators in our country. How else could you explain that in this week in the city of Chicago, just a week, 52 people shot. The year to date, 4,340 people shot. Most of the shooters have been turned out on the street by the law. By the government. The government has one purpose. To protect us. That's their purpose. To implement the rule of law in an unbiased way. Unbiased. So everyone's all a rage about Rachel Rollins. Rachel Rollins in Massachusetts. The biracial racist. Right? Because now we've got the revolution. What's the revolution? Well, what we're going to do is we're going to let out perpetrators if they are happen to be. Happenstance of a race that is the preference in this country. Now they can continue to go out and create absolute and total mayhem. Absolute and total mayhem. By the way, we're going to turn a blind eye when the mayhem is done by, I guess, what is legally termed as minors. But I wonder if when a gun is pointed at your face, if when your wife is thrown on the ground and her purse is taken and the car is gone, does it matter the age of the scum that did it? And if you're not going to prosecute these, these what, what else could you call it? This savagery, this chaos, this absolute incivility in a civil... How do you have a, a, a civilized nation? You don't. Now, you could call it Chicago, but it is, it is, it is insane. It is insane what's going on.
And all of your plans and your ticky-tack blackout. We're going to take all the police, put them on this block, so this way you can go Christmas shopping. Are you out of your fracking mind? You see what's going on in this city? There used to be a neighborhood when I was a kid. I didn't know much about it. I'll tell you the truth. I grew up in a, in a western suburb, and I just knew that there were other uh, uh, people that were related to my family from Bridgeport. Bridgeport was a heavily uh, Italian neighborhood in Chicago. And uh, I used to, uh, you know, once in a while we'd go to the Sox game. My uncle loved the Sox. And we'd park by his friend. And we'd, I said, oh, this is, you know, it looks like a decent neighborhood. It turns out there is no decent neighborhood. There is no decent neighborhood. I have been worrying about getting carjacked for so long because all we hear about in this city is carjackings left and right. A mother terrified as armed carjackers take her purse and then her car. This all unfolding in broad daylight in Bridgeport. That woman is now in fear for her life and the lives of her children. She spoke exclusively today with our Nate Rogers. A Bridgeport woman is grateful to be alive, but right now she's terrified to leave her home. Her biggest fear, the teenagers that carjacked her, she believes they'll be back up to mischief in due time. I'm afraid to leave my house because I think that these kids that did this to me are probably walking the streets right now. She doesn't want her face shown, but part of her healing is recounting this horrific experience. By the way, it's caught on a ring camera. And if you have the time, if you hadn't, didn't see the report, take a look at it, at the savagery of it. Take a look at what they did to this young girl. Young girl, they call her a mother. She's a, she's, she's a kid. She can't be 30 years old. Threw her on the ground, took her purse, took the car. You think it would have mattered if the kids were in the car? None of it would have mattered. And by the way, this is just one person. The carjackings in the city of Chicago are up 80%, as they are in every Democrat hellhole sewer. Why? Is it the police? It's not the police. It's the prosecutors. It's the politically driven racist prosecutors. See, the girl happens to be white. She does not matter. She does not matter. What matters is the perpetrators happen to be of the chosen race. And the chosen race will be right back out on the streets again. Oh, they're the minors. Ooh, you mean the ones we're spending $28,000 a year to pay off your teacher unions and pretend that they're going to school to learn right from wrong along with a little arithmetic? Or have they in fact learned that it's okay to hate a race because that's what you've been teaching, you rat bastards. And I know you have. And everybody else does now thanks to COVID. After all, we're not the only city that experiences this cities across america are being rocked by those smash and grab robberies in los angeles thieves have been raiding retailers storming this nordstrom's even a home depot stealing sledgehammers bolt cutters hammers crowbars tools authorities say were meant to be used for future crime beverly hills iconic shopping mecca of rodeo drive another choice target you're on the most iconic street in the world people come to dine shop have a good time um, and this is where criminals know where they can go and commit crimes. So the number of smash and grabs and thefts on this, this street this year, this year is more than my entire decades on the street. Why? Because they get away with it. Because there is no penalty. None. They've lowered bail to nothing. You're allowed to steal up to $1,000 in these sewers, in these hell holes. Did they not think it would massively spike crime? Or did they know it would? And that's their overall agenda. 
Took her white Audi Q7. Brazen in broad daylight, all captured on surveillance cameras. An SUV drives up. Three men exit running toward the woman and her vehicle. You can hear her frantically screaming for help. Trying to get away, she falls to the ground, her purse and SUV stolen. The perpetrators immediately take off. I'm a rare person. I'm always checking my surroundings. The crime occurring in less than 25 seconds this past Monday outside the victim's home along West 37th Street. Ironically, there's a church and school right across the street. That's why it's so sickening because I don't want to have to leave. But I don't want to raise my children being afraid. Now, the people of Bridgeport, for those of you that don't know, they tend to be generational. In fact, I have something tells me that this girl or her husband are fourth-generation Bridgeport residents. Bridgeport used to be a safe town, like they all used to be safe. Because the caliber of the Chicagoan was a thousand times better than it is today. Why? Because they get away with it. See, in the old Bridgeport, there were guys walking around that would have taken care of these scum. And you know what? If the police aren't going to do it, and the justice system isn't going to do it, how long before guys like me start walking the neighborhood? See, because that's when you're going to have to worry. That's when you're going to have to worry. Because we're not going to wait for you to do the right thing. If that's our daughter, our sister, our wife. And that's justice, not injustice. And that's what you're bringing back. Until you take every one of these roaches that did this to this girl. And by the way, they caught three of them. Three. Anybody want to bet if they're eating dinner right now? Not in a cell? And you put them away until they're old, feeble men like Shawshank Redemption. I wish I could go back and talk to that kid. I tell him, please don't do it because you're in prison for 70 years. That's what needs to happen. That's how you deter it. Either that or make any, if you get caught with a crime, you're no longer eligible for government cheese. You, for the rest of your life, no more welfare. Then it'll be like Disneyland. Because now they got the best of everything. The best of everything. Get caught, go right back out on the street and do it again. And by the way, do you need a little more money for inflation? We know our policies are causing inflation. So the Biden administration gives an increase to food stamps higher than it's ever been. Ooh. And who pays? The honest guy, her husband, who's working. His taxes go up, his costs go up, just like every other honest person in the city of Chicago. In fact, if you're not in on this scam, you're simply what this poor girl is, a victim of it. This isn't happenstance. This is politically incentivized mayhem because it's profitable. Because what the solution will be is more government cheese, more programs after school, more money for nothing for the recruitment camps of the street gangs that are in control of the city of Chicago. Now, I like to think, I think it's because I could be wrong. But the reason that the drug dealing is going wild, the reason there's no supply chain in drug dealing is because those scum drug dealers now contribute to aldermen. Oh, but they do. Yes, they do. I wonder how many of the drug dealers contribute to the political whores that are making these decisions that are allowing this kind of street crime to be rewarded instead of prosecuted. Huh, Kim Fox with your peanut head? I see you. I see you. Forget about George Soros. That's what everybody else is going to say. I want to know, who do you hang around with, Kim? Who? Maybe, maybe when the FBI is done taking a look at parents that go to school board meetings and tell them they don't want their kids to learn racism 
from the school. Maybe if they're not too busy getting their hair parted to the side, walking around protecting the Irish mafia that we call the Chicago Democrat Party. Maybe they could look into who do these, these, these DAs, who do they associate with? I think that would be very, very interesting. I'm silly that way, though. 312-642-5600. McBeth is the original partner in crime. He is manning the board, of which I'm sure he's got mustard and ketchup on it. He can't stop I'm too eating. fat. Yes, you are. Let's go to the phone lines. Mary Kay in Western Springs. Hi, Sean. Um, I'm downtown today because I had to take my husband to a doctor's appointment. So I'm parked in the ritzy part of town, you know, on Erie Street off of Michigan Avenue. And um, I'm sitting there. I'm parked on the street because you can do that. There's three bicycle cops on one side of the street, a cop car across the street. I still didn't feel safe. Not at all. I hid my purse. I put my phone in my pocket in case somebody came. You know, I I thought then I'm sitting there thinking this and um, two dudes come walking by and one says right to me, my windows are down uh, and says to me, it's a good thing you're it's not running the car. Well, he was probably maybe he was being facetious. I mean, I don't know. It's 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 terrible. But you know what I'm upset about? You know what I'm upset about with this comment? For those of you that don't know, Mary Kay is married to my cousin, and the idea that you have to take him to the doctor's appointment really <laughs> makes me real. I, now, Uh-oh. did he sit in the passenger seat like driving Mister Lazy, or did he at least drive the car? How no, did that he work? Drove the car. But Jeez. when we drove home, I'm like, get me out of this sewer. I got it on the Eisenhower. I got the hell out of there. I'm good, like, I'm good not going for you, Mary Kay. And tell my cousin I'm depressed. He takes his wife on doctor appointments like his mommy. Thank you very much. Boy, oh boy, what the hell happens, there, guys? Robert in Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, how you doing today? Very good. How are you? Well, my wife used to live in Marquette Park. I used to live in the clearing, and I can remember, and this is the question. I have a question afterwards real fast. I used to walk from over from Daly College all the way over to 63rd in Nashville, no problem. You do that now, you probably get stabbed or killed. Now, the question I want to ask you, in Chicago, is there a limit on how much you could steal? So, in other words, if I went to Walgreens... Nine fifty. Stole a thousand dollars under a thousand dollars worth of merchandise. Could you I get away to, with it? You want it to ring up under nine fifty. Really? And then you're gonna get like what's the equivalent of a parking ticket. Really? And you're supposed to go back to court. Yeah. Yeah. Here, as long as the, as long as the prosecutor agrees with that. I mean, you know, could they arbitrarily go back to the old rule? You know, who knows? They've got the they, they they've politicized the DA the, the, the prosecutor. They politicized it. Wow. So they could they could with a certain amount of people whoever you want you could steal 950 you can't. And that's how they run it because they have selective prosecution. You remember that phrase? You never heard that phrase before Barack Obama. Now yeah. they have selective prosecution. Unbelievable. Thank yeah, yeah. outrageous. Thank you, Bernie. Thank you. I yeah, no problem. Uh Pat Lombard. Yes, Sean, the electric chair is still hooked up in Cook County. I mean, they bricked up the wall. He could take it down. And wasn't it? Uh, wasn't it that walking? No wasn't it that walking ad for uh, lead paint disclosure? Pat Quinn, that that buffoon with that giant taffy apple head. Wasn't he the one that got rid of uh, Illinois? Doesn't doesn't kill anybody, no matter how bad they are, right? Well, it goes another thing too. Is remember we had legislation in place for minimum sentencing in Illinois. I mean, it was passed bipartisan on the books, and one by one, these morons 
have knocked it down so that the judge or a prosecutor could do whatever the heck they want. And uh, You know what kept me out of prison? Number one, I was too pretty to go to jail. Number two, I wanted to live through my future. And I didn't want to waste time in prison. That is the deterrent that keeps people on the straight and narrow. They need one. And if you're going to tell people, not only is there no penalty for being a scum, being a thief, being a carjacker, being a gun-toting felon drug dealer rat, you know, unless you donate to the right party, not only is there no penalty for it, but it'll buy you street credibility with the gangs that are running the city of Chicago. Because it certainly isn't that little... Freak dressed like the mentalist. Thank you very much, Pat. I appreciate the call. Tom and Bolingbrook. Hey, Sean, how you doing? I just wanted to tell you I love the show. I first oh. heard you when you're filling in for Steve, and I called in. You say everything that needs to be said, oh, and I, I love you, brother. You're an American hero. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if I'm worthy, but thank you, brother. I truly appreciate that. Megan, Orland Park. <laughs> Hi, Sean. Um, two comments tonight. Um, first one is there is going to be the funniest comedian on a not-so-funny show that I don't watch. The comedian is Joe Biden, who's going to be on the Jimmy Fallon show tonight. Jimmy so, Fallon. Now, I get him confused with the fat one and the reason I never wanted his son. What the other? What's the other one name? Jimmy Kimmel. So Jimmy Kimmel's the fat one, yeah. built like Rosie O'Donnell. And then the other guy is the is the skinny one who thinks he could even carry Johnny Carson's socks, right? Isn't that him? Yeah, but he can't. All right. Well, yeah, he's, are you telling true. me Biden sure. is going to be on that show? Well, you know, that's obviously proof that they tape it in the afternoon because Joe Biden can't stay up after five. He gets tired. He has to go seepy seepy. And uh, he has to have his wife, you know, can you imagine what it's like getting him ready? It's like getting a three-year-old ready, only the diaper is bigger and the future is less bright. Thank you, Megan. I appreciate the call. Everyone, be sure not to tune in. Don't worry, we'll watch it for you, and I will have the clips on Monday. In the meantime, when I get back, I have a real optimistic guy, wonderful guy. I'm sure, I don't know. I don't know him from a chili pepper, but we're going to get to know him. And apparently he's going to try to unseat Tammy Duckworth, the optimist that he is, is going to run in the Democrat Mafia Strong Illinois. Let's see if he can uh, hold his own water when we get back after this. Everybody knows the old joke. New York invented political corruption. New Jersey perfected it. Illinois made it an art form. It is a joke. When you live in Illinois... You learn from very early on the vast majority, vast majority of even the so-called opposition to the corrupt Marxist mafia referred to as Democrats is feeble, feckless, and for the most part worthless. When I was a resident of Illinois, I used to pretend that good senators were my senators. I remember when we had Mark Kirk, I thought he was wretched, terrible human being, terrible senator. Still optimistic. I still think that maybe, maybe, maybe. Things can turn around. But then again, what happened two years ago? Little Dick Durbin was reelected. But now we have an opportunity because it looks like Tammy Duckworth is up for reelection. Tim, our view is the Republican that is going to try and change the trajectory of the bankrupted, corrupted Illinois. Tim, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. So as you can tell... I don't know you, so I'm going to ask you some some questions because I want to make sure you're not one of these feckless, 
moronic Republicans like Jim Thompson, who said he didn't understand what compound interest would do when he destroyed and bankrupted Illinois by signing the ridiculous pension agreements and, and uh, yeah. whatnot, that you're not going to do the moronic things that Mark Kirk, the buffoon that he was, did, and that you're not one of those Bruce Rounier French Republicans who are good for absolutely nothing. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, <clears throat> one thing that I think differentiates me from uh, a lot of those kind of people, first thing to tell people about myself is I'm from Southern Illinois. So I'm not, I'm not from Chicago. Uh, I'm not, you know, I was not raised in that kind of environment. Uh, I was raised in what I would say is, is kind of the, um, the most unrepresented uh, Illinois in Springfield and in Washington. Um, you know, we, we grew up, uh, not, not rich, not well off, uh, but we did our best. We worked hard and, and we, uh, you know, we, we were taught, taught work ethic. Uh, we were taught that, you know, if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. And, and so that was, that was kind of the basis of, of growing up, um, that, that you, you get for yourself, not, not in a selfish way. Uh, but just don't depend on the government to do it for you because we never saw anything from the government for ourselves, so we just had to fight for it. And, and that is what I'm, I'm bringing to this race. So a few years ago, many, it's probably now, it's probably 12 years ago, I was invited to, at the time, a fundraiser, private fundraiser, for a guy that was going to run for governor, and he was a Republican who was not from... Cook County. He had kind of like this different slant to things, and he was a developer, if I remember correctly. And his name was Bill Brady. I went to the, the fundraiser. Mm -hmm. I asked Bill Brady a pointed question. He could not answer it. And at that time, it was that uh, Barack Obama was trying to bribe governors by uh, funding endless money for subsidies for Obamacare, of which they could use for the general fund and pay off all their kind of scams that they perpetrated. And I said, are you going to reject the money or are you going to take it and mix it in with the general fund and pay, continue the pay-to-play system that has enriched so many Chicago Democrats like uh, Mike Madigan and Ed Burke and the rest of it? He didn't like the question, and he called an end to the, to the meeting. He didn't answer me, and he went on. And it turns out that he was riddled in all kinds of scandal. Uh, he had some investments that were hidden in the gaming in industries, you don't have a wife that happens to have 16 video gaming parlors by any chance, do you? No way, no. Okay. Um, like I said, I mean, I am completely unconnected from any sort of thing like that. And, uh, you know, bringing up a question like that, uh, an, a big thing that I push with people is integrity. Uh, for me, I, I have grown up, uh, when I was a kid, <laughs> I used to uh, I used to be afraid to even promise something because I didn't want to lie, and if I promised it, then I had to make it true. And and if I didn't know one hundred percent, I could do that. You know, I didn't even want to promise. Uh, and I've just kind of kept that that sort of mindset that when I tell you something, if I if I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And to me, that's integrity. It's being the same. In your well, personal life, and you are in your public life. You so know? let's take some issues. Let's take some issues. Mm -hmm. So right now, the Senate is the only thing standing in the way of the great lie called build back better or bring Bolsheviks back, whatever you prefer. Mm 
<laughs> and it is an absolute and complete total fabrication, made-up scam of taxing and spending the special interests at the cost of all the good people. Would you ever be persuaded to vote for something like this? Never. Okay. Um, I, I wouldn't accept any sort of... Uh, money for anything like that i would never be in in 2020 i actually i primaried our state representative uh because he voted for the gas tax increase republican and since then you know we've reconciled uh we've had a conversation talked about it but for me that was just something inexcusable and you know he did it i mean it was for a quote-unquote good reason because it it brought up it always is tim yeah, sure. It brought benefits to our area. But to me, it's it, it's about your fundamental beliefs. And if that's what you really believe, then that's what you need to stand for. And if people don't vote for you because of that, well, that's fine. That And, and that's what I tell people. I'll tell you what I believe. If you believe the same as I do, vote for me. If you don't believe the same as I do, don't vote for me. I'm not going to change what I believe or what I support in order to try to gain a vote. When you see that senators, career senators, are worth mm-hmm. ten million, twenty million, fifty million, <laughs> should senators be allowed to insider trade on their very spending bills that they hold, um, that they can pass or that they can squash? Should they be able to take bribes in the form of lobbying from companies that directly benefit from the bills you pass? No, absolutely not. And I mean that is one thing. Um, I, I've done some some digging, and because I've had a lot of questions about the budget and what spending would you cut, and a lot of our spending is really just wasting, and that's what it's from. It's from uh, certain special interest groups that that pay the person, you know, donate to the campaign, and then they pass some sort of a, a grant or a contract to the same company that that paid to the campaign. Uh, I don't do that. I will not do that. Um, I've got people around me that uh, I have I have tasked them with keeping me accountable. Because I've also had people say, well, you say that now, but when you get in there, you know, the pressure is going to be on. Well, I, I know it will, uh, but I'm not going to buckle to it. And I got people around me to make sure that I don't to keep me accountable for that. But no, I absolutely do not support anything like that. I don't think uh, lobbyists should. I mean, if they if if a lobbyist wants to donate to the campaign, that's one thing. But they, they can know straight up, right up front, that is not going to guarantee anything. So if you just want to give wow. me money, give me money. That's fine. But for the campaign, but it's not going to it's not going to buy you anything. That's I'm not just how gonna, it's worth. I'm just going to tell you something, brother. I'm going to tell you right now. Anybody that gives you more than $1,000 wants something in return. And I think oh, I the, people, the people need to hear that, and they need to yes. have politicians reject it and promise to restrain it. Because the only aspect mm-hmm. that is unfettered from any kind of regulation is government itself. And until this, the, our, our government is supposed to be restrained, in fact, it's the only one in yes. society that's supposed to be restrained, our politicians and our government, yet... I can't find an aspect of our society where they are, in fact. They, could, they are gods among men. So are yes. you going to put that toothpaste back in the tube? Absolutely. That's, I, I 100% agree. Uh, I even made a statement like that, too. I, I'm not sure if it was my wife or somebody else, but it's exactly that. Who keeps government accountable? We're the ones that are supposed to do it. 
But if we don't even know what they're doing, how can we hold them accountable for it? And they're the ones that make the rules of whether or not we can even see what they're doing. And so that is something that I understand when people say things like, well, that's not going to get you to Washington. Well, okay, if that's how it is, that's how it is. But I am not I'm not going to play that game. Should the government have the power to take away and shut down private businesses and have the power to mandate anything, anything into the body of the citizens of this country? Absolutely not. Uh, and, and I think when you start a question with should government have the power, the default should be no, uh, yeah. unless you know someone can justify a reason for that to be. The answer should always be no. Government does not have the power. The people should have the power. The people are the ones who are in control. They should be. Uh, and, I mean, they are. We really are. The Constitution tells us we are. It's just a matter of us standing against it and just saying we're not going to bow to it. We're not going to follow your, your silly rules that don't mean anything because they, they, aren't, they aren't legal. I have a favorites. I have a handful of favorite senators. Before I let you go, who's your favorite senator? Favorite senator right now, um, I would say uh, Ron Johnson is right up there. Um, I'm trying to think of of anybody that I would think is is better. Um, I like Ted Cruz's attitude, but I would I, Ron Johnson still number one. All right. See, I'm glad. Where can the people go to uh, find out more about you and support you if need be? Yeah, so uh, go online on my uh, website. My campaign website is rvforillinois.com. That's spelled A-R-V-I-E-W. And, of course, the word for in illinois.com. And uh, you can also go to rvforillinois.com slash donate if you want to donate to the campaign as well. Well, Tim, I have to tell you, I wasn't sure if I liked you when it started. I think I like you. You're all right, kid. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. We'll be back with your call. And by the way, if you win, don't forget who got who helped you now. Now, now you know yeah, what I mean. Absolutely. Don't forget. All right. All we'll right. be back. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. When you have people come on and they want to fight a system of corruption, I did not know Timothy Arview. Sounded like a nice guy. I'm optimistic, always optimistic. It's definitely going to be an uphill battle. And I think it will uh, determine if there's even a chance, because right now I don't think there is, with the with the corrupt oligopoly that we call Illinois. I don't see a big upside, but I think it could change if good people were put in important spots. Tim, or I'm sorry, Todd in Libertyville. What do you got, buddy? Hey, hey, Sean. Just wanted to let you know uh, I was uh, in a low-level political position, village trustee of Libertyville, for two terms. I just got to tell you, this guy, you remember when Darth Vader says to Luke Skywalker, you don't know the power of the dark side? Yeah. He doesn't know the power of the sewer. I hope he's got. I hope he's got big nards because the the test he's. Oh, what happened? We got lost him. All right, sorry, brother. We I lost you there. Um, I will tell you. I think he's going to have to. I think 
I think maybe he does understand how corrupt it is. And I think maybe he just said, I am going to take a shot and try and change things. I don't think he understands the kind of money he's up against. I, you know, I, I forgot to ask the one question. I, I'd like to know what the Illinois Republican Party is doing for him. I think I know the answer. I try to avoid questions I know the answer to if I, if I can. And something tells me the Illinois Republican Party isn't too proactive in putting people up. All right, I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. I've got some topics I want to cover, but before I do, there's been a wonderful woman on the line, I think. Kasha, how are you from Jefferson Park? How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Good, good. You're very hard to get to, I must say, but I tried and tried and I, I got through. So um, a little PSA. Tonight, 6.30 p.m., there's a community meeting happening at St. Constance School Gymnasium. Supposedly, Superintendent Brown is in attendance, and I have few words for him. We don't need masks in this city. We need bulletproof vests in this city. That is my message. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Kasha. Good luck. Have fun. And uh, she's exactly right. You know, it's funny. New York is implementing a new rule where if you're going to be inside, you got to wear your mask and the mandates and the nonsense. And yet in these Democrat hellholes, these crime-ridden sewers, where the totalitarianism is the heaviest, the hand is the heaviest, the cases spike. Oh, my God. They spike. You have one state. One in the entire country with the lowest numbers. Why? Because they implemented all common sense. All common sense. Florida does not have masks. I don't carry one ever. They had all kinds of treatments. Ivermectin. Remember, ooh, remember all the all the gene oh my that's for horses. It's for horses. It seems to work. Remdesivir. Hydroxychloroquine monoclonal antibodies, all with the assistance of government. Really, what they did is they just got out of the way. It's actually the absence of government. And did you know that in Florida, I think there's 17 states suing the Biden administration, but in all of those states, you actually get to have your own opinion. Isn't that novel? You get to have your own opinion. You don't have to buy the BS, the absolute unmitigated BS from the Fourth Reich that is not only in control of this country, it's sweeping the world, where these political whores and pimps can not only pay off their selected big pharma industrial complex campaign contributors, But you have your own opinion and the property over your own body. Can you imagine that? 
I guess if you're in Chicago, you can't. Other big news. As we approach Christmas, Chicago is seeing a very high COVID-19 transmission, but the uptick is expected. City's top doctor, Dr. Allison Arwady, broke down the... Also known as Dr. Dryheave. It's expected. Do you believe that for one minute that it's expected? I'll tell you, you almost have to admire how they lie. It's like watching Mozart play the piano and Pritzker eat a cream puff. It's magnificent. Latest numbers, more than 900 new cases are diagnosed a day on average right now, but hospitalizations, she says, aren't, quote, very high. Dr. Arwood. And by the way, that's part of the Omicron, the, 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 the practicing doctor, the head of South African medicine, said she sees that this, this particular variant of the Fauci-invested flu isn't particularly harmful, even to the non-vaccinated, even to the non-mask wearer, even to the free man and woman. She says before vaccines, if cases were very high, hospitalizations would be two. She said vaccines are helping to keep people out of the hospital. Positivity rate, though, also climbing now, 4.1%. Also, All among the heavily willing slave that believes all of the nonsense from the RNA, RNMA, which, by the way, is, is not living up to the expectations, even close, which is why... Robert Malone, founder of the RNMA vaccine, said, I don't like what I'm seeing. No, I don't like it. Heading out on the... He was ignored. Right now, 22... Excuse me. Pfizer's got uh, got some news for you as well. Did you think you were fully vaccinated? Well, Fauci's going to change the definition. Not only that... They're, they're going to act like it's no big deal when they do this. Israel's already working on, on fourth vaccination shots. Um, what... What has it gotten them to that point where they think that that's necessary? And, and, and what are the results, the real-world results you've seen as, as a result of that? Look, many countries have given fourth dose to immunocompromised and to special population, I think including the U.S. So if you're immunocompromised, you may get it way sooner than... Uh, I, like, I like my fascism with accents, so I really am enjoying this clip. You may get more than three. Um, and I think they, they, they are having a precaution. I think we, when we see... Real-world data will determine if the Omicron is well covered by the third dose and for how long. And uh, at a certain point, I think we will need the fourth dose. I have said that multiple times. Uh, With the previous, I was projecting that that will be on 12 months after the third dose. With Omicron, we need to wait and see because we have very little information. We may need it faster. But right now, the most important thing is that we have a winter in front of us. From healthcare perspective, it is important to understand that we need to be well protected to go through the winter. A third dose will give very good protection, I believe, with everything we have said, so that we will go without concerns through the winter. Plus the treatment for those that they will have to get, uh, that they will be infected, that they will not have to go to the hospital. I think we should be in very good shape to control the winter based on what we say right It's now. wonderful that they're taking advantage of the fact that the variant was already already recognized as not being as harmful as the first Fauci flu variant. And somehow they're going to be a benefit because it's the vaccine. And they're going to ignore the fact, like in the city of Chicago, the only person that they tested positive for the omni-variant was fully vaccinated and boosted. And boosted. 
But instead of recognizing where they've been wrong, which is every step of the way. And we didn't even go into the economics of seizing businesses and shutting them down and putting you and your children under house arrests and the medical ramifications and depression and suicides and all the rest of it that's gone on. What's Illinois working on Thank you. Newly proposed legislation in Springfield would make Illinois residents who refuse to get the COVID vaccine pay their hospital bills out of pocket. There's your Illinois government working for you. Instead of saying, you know, it appears we're going the wrong way. Maybe we should take into consideration not just countries like Sweden. Let's do states right here in America that took a different approach like Florida. Maybe we should offer all kinds of treatments. All kinds of options. And then let the citizen himself decide. Maybe we should do that. What does the fascist mafia want to do? State Representative Jonathan Carroll wrote that bill. He tells the Sun-Times... You know, I wonder if Jonathan Carroll wants to make all of the drunks that have been sitting in a tavern all day today on Friday, figuring out all different ways to get different forms of government. She's sitting in the tavern... Not providing for their kids or their wife, drinking. Do they have to pay their own medical expenses for being a drunk, waste-of-life buffoon scumbag? Or do they get to vote Democrat and keep scum like this politician in office and then they get all their stuff paid for? Something tells me it's B. That it makes the unvaccinated take responsibility for their decision. I think we should do the same with the drugs. After all, drugs is big business in Chicago. It is the only economy that's never disrupted by supply chain. In fact, the other decisions actually keep those drugs on the corner. When those drug addicts go to the hospital, overdose, who pays that? When the, when the gangbanger scum gets shot, who pays for that? Maybe we should do that whole thing. I, 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 I just think it's the way to go. But that's not what the city of Chicago is going to go, and that's not the direction that any of these Democrat hellholes want to go in. Deo Drive now bristles with security cameras. There are barriers, bulletproof glass, and constant patrols by Beverly Hills Police. We've doubled private security patrols that the city's helped us hire. We're hiring more police officers. You'll see That's as you go Hills. around uh, multiple camera systems, over 2,000 like cameras. You're going to have cameras and all the rest of that. Government cannot reverse its direction. It is married to bad decision. And they're going to lie about their confidence while they continue to lie to your face. The the outlook is not at all a sure thing in the court system. Is there any thought of backing off of that and trying to avoid, you know, all the outcry against it? Yeah, but, you know, Andrew, we, we really have to get people vaccinated. I mean, I understand and we all understand how people do not like to be told what to do. They want to make their own choice and their own free will. I get that and I respect that. But these are unusual times and you can't think only of yourself and your own personal opinion, but you've got to think about your communal responsibility. Or the insurance that you've been working hard for, been paying since Obamacare was strapped in and your premiums went up 400%, will be ripped out from under you if you're not willing to bend knee to the fascist failures and frauds who are simultaneously financially profiting from these positions. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls and comments when I get back. All right, so there's another side of the ramifications of 
the government's hysterical reaction to the virus, which has a 99.5% survival rate. The fact that our economy has forever been, had its trajectory changed. We really do not understand the ramifications of this. While this has been happening, there's been provocative moves by the enemies of America that have gone on prior to diapers Biden usurping the most powerful office in the land, in the world. And that is the enemies of the ideals of America, Russia, China, Iran, North Korea, and all other totalitarian sewers, have always hated America. They've always wanted to knock it off its wealthiest nation in the world position that we've held in the beginning justly for the last 50 years, I think, unjustly. The fact that we've allowed... American politicians to destroy our covenant with the rest of the world by continuing to do the mis- or to, to, to continue the mistakes that have destroyed nations since the dawn of man. And that is the idea that they can continue to print their own money in perpetuity with no, with no ramifications and everything's going to be fine. So this whole thing that we're seeing with Vladimir Putin, with China, with Iran, to me, is about taking America down off the top step from the wealthiest, strongest nation in the world. I think it's unquestionable. As you see this week, Joe Biden embarrass himself yet again, the feeble moron that he is, and have the meeting with Rootin' Tootin' Putin, a real-life KGB, iron-fisted strongman who owns Russia, owns it all, Bezos is not the richest man. Elon Musk is not the richest man. It is rootin' tootin' Putin. Because they own companies, he owns a country. And by the way, something you should know about Russia. With all of this turmoil in the world, do you know the debt, when translated to dollars, of Russia? Russia's national debt. It's $242 billion as of right before the show started, is the last time I checked it. That's their debt. He could pay it off himself, rooting to Putin, with a check. Like a, a, a Chicago cement guy who gets caught with his hand in a cookie jar. Just pull out a check and write a check for it. They have untapped resources. Oil and natural gas, just to name the most important ones. At the same time, Joe Biden is simultaneously hamstringing American energy, American productivity, American capitalism. Putin is building his, collaborating with the enemies of this country for the last hundred years, China, Iran, and he has lured the inbred Saudi Arabias to his position. So Joe Biden is making Iran great again. He's making Russia great again. He's making China great again. Saudi Arabia, he's protecting their cartel. When he was asked about this particular subject in regards to Putin, I just want you to, to, this went on for 27 seconds. I want you to hear how perfect he was at ignoring what it is the most important question the state-sponsored media could ask. So thanks, and I'm going to get the media started. Thank you. 
the children that make up his staff escorted him out and ignored every single question. The Biden administration has become a laughingstock worldwide. Oh, God. That's exactly right. The meeting that took place earlier this week, of which people don't really want to talk about. I want you to just think about something. As you saw, Joe Biden embarrass himself in front of some of the most important people in government and around um, America while trying to eulogize Bob Dole. What do you think it looked like for two hours on a screen to Putin? What do you think Putin said when the meeting ended? Do you think he's hampered by anything, or do you think he's excited about every one of the decisions he will make against the interest of America for the next three years? We're a year into this, moron. A year. And this is what we face. I do believe that politicians, to a, to a certain extent, are afraid of the, of the citizens and afraid of the repercussions of the Biden administration. I do think if we were to start with a call for the impeachment of Joe Biden, it could happen. I've been calling for it since he usurped the office. Every day that goes by, I've never been more sure about that decision as you are. But now we stand on the precipice of not only Joe Biden destroying economically America, he's destroying the, the tranquility of, this, of the society of America by implementing fascism that we never thought we'd face here. And it, almost worse than that, he's giving confidence to enemies who've wanted to take us off that top step for 70 years. And we, unfortunately, are the ones that are going to pay the cost for it. It is time for you to tell everybody and everybody else it is time to impeach Joe Biden. It isn't just about the bald-faced lies, which he does every time he opens his mouth. It's about the obvious inability to govern. And it, we're not safe until he's out. So that's why when we do my Friday features with me, I'm going to give you a little preview. I'll take you all when we get back. I'm going to recommend you watch The Road, the post-apocalyptic The Road, because if we're living now in a dystopia. That opens us up to all kinds of actions, all kinds of attacks, not just the ones we face from the evil Vladimir Putin's or the Xi Jinping or the North Korean fat slob, but the kind we face from the American Democrat mafia. That's the most dangerous one. So let's get him out of there, and maybe we can distract Putin with Kamala Harris. After all, she had away with sweet Willie Brown. Maybe, maybe we could introduce her to Putin buy ourselves three and a half more years without getting hit in the head with a nuke. I'll be back after this for Friday Features with me. Let's all go to the live. Let's go to the movie. It's time for Friday Features with Sean. And now, on with the show. All right, so I gave you the movie pick, but I didn't give you a documentary. An American Experience, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I thought it was great. I loved it. It was like 52 minutes. And I also like Bad Company. It's an old movie, and it's got Jeff Bridges in it, who I like in practically everything. But now it's your turn, Ralph and Rantoul. Good evening, Sean. Um, You know, I think people should watch Idiocracy because it reminds me of what's happening right now. 
And, you know, kind of if you really want to indulge and lower your IQ a few points, watch The Big Lebowski because oh, that it. is, it's, it's just, it's stupid. They know it's stupid, and it's still funny. And in order to help people understand when I'm done, I'm adopting the Joe Biden approach. End of message. <laughs> I love it very much. Thank you very much. In The Big Lebowski, every time Jeff Bridges runs into the garbage can with the car, I tell you what, it's almost like I never saw it. I laugh hysterically every time. I could use a good laugh. Nick in Kenosha. Hi. How are you, Nick? I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, so I'm going to start with the movie uh, Animal Farm. Obviously, it's a famous book, but they did a really good job in making it into a movie. Uh, they made it, didn't they remake it, too? Did they remake that movie? They, it was a TNT-like special way back when. Um, it's got Kelsey Grammer in it. And, oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, but the, the, the Kelsey Grammer is the remake. Yes. Is it? Okay. Yeah, then it, was, it started as a cartoon, I believe. Uh-huh. Yeah. Very good. Can't go wrong with Orwell, although he was a Fabian. Uh, but go ahead. <laughs> and then um, uh, for the documentary, Chaos on the Bridge. Did not see it's about, this. Uh, yeah, it's about uh, kind of uh, inner workings of all the Star Treks. Oh, wait, wait, maybe I did see it. Yes, okay, very good. I did see it. Does it talk really about how they got before, uh, Leonard Nimoy? Sorry, go ahead. Does it, the, yeah, right? The, yep. Yes, yes, I did see it. It's excellent. Um, but before I go, and I'm going to keep reminding you, because you said you were going to watch it, the uh, episode of The Simpsons. Season 10, episode 9. Season 10, episode 9. So you know what I did? Yeah. I forgot my paper in do? my car. Season 10, <laughs> episode 9. It's my new you favorite. lie! I will not forget. No, I did. I forgot it in my car, and then I couldn't find it. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> I will watch it. Yep, Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uncle Rolf in the North Burbs. Yeah, North Burbs. That's what it says, yeah. North Burbs. It's, I was going to say oh, Texas. Okay. It's Texas, but go ahead. No, you said North Burbs, Texas. Yeah, uh, not a problem. Listen, son, you're doing a hell of a job still. Oh, uh, thank you. Keep getting better every day. Thank you. Listen, for your Norwegian side, I'm going to say Vikings with the lovely Lagatha. She just absolutely spun me around. Prettiest 40-year-old in Hollywood. Uh, for your other side, once upon a time, for your Italian side. Oh, I the love The main that. one. Yes. The main one, I saw it's a numeral four presidents. It's about Lincoln, Garfield, McKinley, and Kennedy. Numeral All four of them that got wet. Because they had a whole new idea with the, uh, the the banking system, and you know you can you can pin everything on everybody for each different one. It's a very unique look at why they all got shocked. Every one of them said they're going after their banking system, and uh, it really is an interesting documentary. It's the numeral four presidents. Love and, uh, it. You, you don't think there's a you know the connection between Lincoln and Kennedy. With Garfield and, and McKinley thrown in there, but it it all really makes a lot of sense. Great movie. It's always about the money, Uncle Ralph. Nobody knows that better than you. Thank you oh, very much. No doubt about it. Listen, I'll see you. Hopefully, sometime over the holidays, we'll have a cigar. I'm looking forward to it, Uncle Ralph. Thank you very much. And I'll tell you, they all have that common denominator. It's a very, very, very undeniable point. John Lincolnwood. All right. Hey, uh, what's going on, Sean? Hey, uh-huh. You know what? Do you have Netflix? Yeah, of course. Come on, I got I got no. two girls. I got everything in the world. I don't. I got Disney right, Plus. Right. I got There's it all. There's one here you got to avoid. Oh, what's that? Have you seen The Harder They Fall? I did not. Isn't it the Brokeback Mountain knockoff? 
No, no, no. That's, that's the one with it's all black uh, cowboys. Uh, Idris Elba. It's got great actors and actresses. Oh, I love that guy though. That, that guy's an excellent. No, no, excellent. no, no. Trust me. I watched an hour, and I was like, okay, this is the one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. I just shut it off. That's the first that's time terrible. I shut a movie off. Do you know? I uh, I was kind of looking forward. I'm a big James Bond guy. And I, Daniel Craig, go. man, I'll tell you what, I love the guy as James Bond. I think as a person, he's a knucklehead, but as James Bond, he's great. And there was yeah. talk of this, the actor you're speaking of, how do you say his name again? Idris Elba. Yeah, he's Idris the new Elba. James Bond. I heard that. Id- Idris Elba. Yeah. I, there was talk he was going to be the yeah. next James Bond. Idris I was excited about that. That would have been good. It's a lot better than what they... They're going to ruin James Bond, though. They're making a... The woman's, a woman's going to be James Bond. Yeah, I know. I saw the last one. I don't know James if I could ever watch it again. James Bond never dies. That's the thing about James Bond. Thank you very much, John. I appreciate yeah. it. Very disappointed in the new one. All right, I said she could call again. She took me up on it. Teresa on the north side. Hey, Sean. Um, I'm going to re-watch tonight Airplane. It, that <laughs> movie never gets old. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen... Yeah. Can you fly this plane? And the co-pilot says, surely, you know, you yeah. can't sure, I'm well be aware. serious. And he says, I'm serious, and I don't call me Shirley. Yes, I love it. And it's Joe Biden. Joe Biden right now could be in the remake. <laughs> he's a, he's perfect for it. I love that. Thank you, Teresa. I appreciate exactly. it. Exactly. Thanks, John. Thank you. And they could also, the one that I can never turn off and makes me laugh at the same parts every time is Young Frankenstein. Same kind of movie. Don Bloomingdale. Uh, Sean, Dr. Strangelove, 1964, black and white, Stanley Kubrick. Peter Sellers plays three roles, and George C. Scott, they were all nominated, but they didn't win for Academy Award, plays uh, General Buck Turgenson. It's unbelievable. You've never seen it. On the other hand, we were to immediately launch an all-out and coordinated attack on all their airfields and missile bases, we'd stand a damn good chance of catching them with their pants down. Hell, we got a fireball missile superiority as it is. We could easily assign three missiles to every target and still have a very effective reserve force for any other contingents. Don, that's one of my favorites, and the reason that Macbeth has that clip is that when we used to do the Liberty Hour on Sunday night, we would be talking about a foreign policy by some pay-to-play scam artist senator, and he would always play that clip. It's one of my favorite movies. I love it. Thank you very much, Don. How about a documentary? Me? Yeah. I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. Yes. What do you got? Well, All right, I put I was, you on this stump. Don't worry, don't worry. We got uh, Terry and Rogers Park. What do you got? Hey, I, I recommend a movie called Noel. Uh, it's the most unusual and entertaining Christmas story I've ever watched. And it's with uh, Penelope Cruz, Susan Sarandon, Paul Walker, and Alan Arkin, and very good acting. Yeah, they're great actors. Been, terrible, I don't, poli- terrible in politics, but all great actors. Are you there? I stupefied her with my brilliance. We'll be back to take the rest of your calls after this. Wrong. So that's Friday. You know, take some time off, man. I mean, you know, it's hard. It's hard. It's been a rough week. Foreign policy, domestic policy, economic, morons. When you realize the kind of morons that we have, and I don't just mean the, the old man. Who's waiting for rice pudding, cinnamon or no cinnamon, is the only question this idiot is qualified to answer. But you realize we got 535 morons in office. If you think you might commit sexual assault, 
always carry a whistle. When you find yourself about to commit sexual assault, blow the whistle until someone else stops you. You could learn a lot from a dumpling. That's the kind of people we have. And you don't want to face that over the weekend. Watch a good movie. It's crucially important. We have Paul and Berwin has a suggestion. Hey, Sean, happy Friday. Uh, if you've never seen The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, it's on Netflix, and it's like, like five separate vignettes about the Old West and one long movie, and it's, it's, just, it's great. It's my favorite. Uh, it's, 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 not only is, and, it, is it fantastic, it was supposed oh, to have yeah. another one already. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, I don't know if they could match the first. It was just one of my favorite movies in probably the past 15 years. What's that so. guy's name? Damn it, I always forget his name. I love the, him. He was just in this movie, Old Henry. Which one? The, the lead actor. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I, I do oh, there's like five separate actors, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah, all right. Well, listen, Paul, I love it. Stay safe in Berwyn. Don't just drive right, around until you, you open your garage, then pull in and shut the door. Don't wait around now. <laughs> That's rough. You know what? Hey, man, you're, you're 110% right about that. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Stay Take safe. It oh, I hung up. I'm sorry to mean to do that, brother. But we got Mark the Western Burbs. Ed Norton. Yo, Sean, have you ever heard of American History X with uh, Edward Norton? Love him. Love him. In fact, there's a guy there, Motherless Brooklyn. Did you ever see that? No, Ed, I haven't. Edward Norton and um, the guy from Moonlighting. Oh, I can't believe it. I remembered Edward Norton, and I remembered the title of the movie. I can't remember. The, who's the guy from Die Hard? Oh, um, Willis? Bruce Willis? Bruce Willis. Motherless Brooklyn. Edward Norton in this movie has Tourette's. I'm going to tell you what. It's fantastic. I highly, highly recommend it. Motherless Brooklyn. So I'm going to watch it again. American History X. You watch Motherless Brooklyn. You tell me how you like it next week. All right? Deal? I will, man. As long as you don't get carjacked. Don't drive into the city. Thank you very much. Truly appreciate it. And that's kind of how you have to... uh, Gear yourself now. You got to prepare. You got to. You got to pack light. You going into the city? Pack your carjacking wallet. Ten bucks. Don't bring your license because you don't want them to know where you are. Um, put a little one of those eye things where they could track your car in case it gets stolen, and um, have nine one dialed on your cell phone. So when they take it, you hit the <laughs> other one, and they track those scumbags. How about you, kid? You got a movie, Macbeth? You know, I just watched uh, Forever Young again with Mel Gibson. Uh, oh, I love not it. Not a extremely well written movie, but a great uh, a great story. Um, you go with him and the kid, and you know, he's that is a great movie. Though. It's a good movie, and. Uh, um, World War II, Pearl Harbor week. Now that now that uh, Alec Baldwin is like persona non grata in the world, um, all of his movies are rolling out on the free stuff. So I watched The Hunt for Red October the other day. It's another great one. Another great movie. That's when I liked him. That's when I said, look at the hair on this guy. Now I just say, look at what an idiot this guy is. All right. I love it. Uh, let me go to uh, Brett in Wheeling. Almost no time. All right, Brett. Hey, how ahead. you doing? Good, buddy. What do you got? Hey, I love you, man. I've been listening to you since you were an early caller, and way to go. Thank you, thank you, Brett. Uh, uh, my suggestion was, and it, I found it on the Internet. I ran across it. It's called The Gunfighter, and it's like on YouTube. Now, Brett, I don't know if you've heard of it. I love it. I love it. I love YouTube. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I appreciate you calling. I appreciate you listening. Don't be mad at me. i got to hang up on you. We only got how much time? 30 seconds, Owen. I don't want to leave you out. 30 seconds, 20. What do you got? Owen? So, so, yeah, Sean, two quick yeah. ones. The Lemon Drop Kid with Bob Hope, a good Christmas movie on YouTube. And then Zulu, an old movie about the Boer Wars. Unbelievable. Love it. 
All right, listen. I want all of you to have a wonderful weekend. Safe. Do not take your wives and daughters and sons to the sewer of Chicago. Stay safe. Windows up. Drive around the block. Open the garage door. Pull in. Close it. Then run in the house. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.